welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Welcome to episode number seven of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. This is your host, Joe Curry. And today I'm excited to go with part two of the top five retirement planning risks. And part two is going to be focused on longevity risks. So last week we talked about sequence or return risk. So the importance of having a strategy for handling less than ideal market conditions early on in retirement. And so another commonly discussed risk of retirement is longevity risk. And that's really just a fancy way of saying the risk that you outlive your money. So for some reason, people I talk to massively underestimate how long they're going to live. When they look at other people, you know, they have a completely different idea of what longevity looks like or lifespan. So I'm not really sure what it is or why people, you know, think they're not going to live as long as others, but maybe it's related to uh, family members that have passed away early. Maybe it's just not wanting to live too long or or maybe seeing people who've lived long and, and maybe didn't have a high quality of life. Maybe they're just looking at average life expectancies and, you know, most numbers, average life expectancies. So for example, age 83 right now, you know, that's from birth, right? So if you're 60 years old right now, that's definitely not your life expectancy. So whatever the reason is, it's important that you give some consideration to what's possible because obviously the risk of not planning to age far enough into the future is that you run out of money. (laughs) <laughs> but you haven't run out of life. And then you got to think about how you're going to, you know, afford lifestyle expenses, healthcare expenses, all these types of things. So, you know, the obvious risk to not planning far enough into the future is if you run out of money at say age 85, let's say your financial planner, you know, they nailed it. You wanted 85. That was the date you wanted to plan to. They got you right to age 85. Then what? So you get to age 85 now. You didn't pass away, which probably is a good thing, you know, if you're still healthy. But what would you do? Where would you live? Who would care for you if you needed help or if you needed health care? How would you pay for that health care? So these are things that we really want to make sure we're taking into consideration when you're planning out your retirement because it's a something we definitely don't want to get wrong. You know, let's put it that way, I guess. And most clients that I talk to, you know, one of the main things that they tell me is that you know their goal is to retire with X amount of dollars of spending for the rest of their life, forgetting about the age they plan to for a minute, but also they want to maintain their dignity and independence in retirement. That's almost universal. And so not planning far enough into the future, it definitely jeopardizes that goal of maintaining dignity and independence in retirement. Now, to make things worse, if we go back to our episode from last week, bad sequence of return risk, if we plan to age 85 and we projected out our, our spending and our returns to that age, and we get a bad set of returns early on in retirement, now all of a sudden we might not even be getting to say age 80, right? So 
if 85 is a perfect storm, everything goes exactly to plan, we get there. If things don't go to plan, you know, do we run out of money earlier? Now, that said, interestingly enough, with a lot of retirement income planning strategies, including our preferred strategy of guidance guardrails, there's not a big difference in success rates between a 30 and a 40 year retirement. And this comes back to that sequence of returns risk, because when you have good returns early on in retirement, you build enough of a buffer to weather any kind of bad markets later in retirement. So, you know, for you're planning conservatively or you're in a situation where you know when to make corrections if things don't go to plan, but then things go really well, you could be way further ahead and, and have trouble spending all your money even if you try. And again, when you have a strategy, not a projection, and things don't go well early on in retirement, by having that strategy, knowing when to make your course corrections, you get through that rocky start of, uh, of bad markets if they, that does happen early in your retirement. And then you still have assets left to compound and grow when strong markets return. So planning 30 years or 40 years when you have that kind of a strategy, we don't see a big difference in the uh, success rates. But again, going back to what I talked about in the last episode, if you're just running a projection of X percentage of inflation, X percent return, and you're spending X amount of dollars adjusted for inflation, if anything doesn't go to plan, specifically your sequence of return, then you definitely risk running out of money. So that's that longevity risk that I'm talking about. So let's just talk a little bit about the numbers when it comes to life expectancy, just to make sure you're clear on it. So when you are doing your planning, you can take this into consideration. So as of 2015, according to the Canadian Institute of Actuaries, a 65-year-old couple could expect a 50% chance that at least one of the spouses would live to age 90. And there's a 25% chance that one spouse in that same scenario will live to age 94, which also means that there's a 24% chance that one spouse is going to live longer than age 94. So a lot of people will tell me, yeah, I mean, that might be true, Joe, but I, I'm not going to be one of those. But if everybody says that, that means, you know, 50% of people are going to be wrong. So we really need to take that into consideration. And that's, you know, far beyond what most people tell me they want to plan to. You know, additionally, we know that, that those numbers are increasing. So the fastest growing group in Canada, age group in Canada is people over age 100. So from the census in 2011 to the census in 2016, so it's the Canadian census, data showed that a 41.3% increase in the number of centurions. So that's an increase of over 40% of the number of people who were over age 100 from 2011 to 2016. And I'm sure when the 2021 census data comes out, and we're gonna see a, a similar trend, so if you stop and think about other people you know, do you know anyone in their 80s who's still in good health in their 90s or even 100? If you're 60 today, when you think about age 80, does that seem as old as it did to you 20 years ago? So often when we remove ourselves from the equation, it's easier to get a grasp on what a realistic expectation for life expectancy is. So that's just an exercise or something to do to, you know, when you're thinking about this planning, maybe don't think about your own life expectancy, but think about life expectancy in general and see if that shifts your perspective on how long you should plan to. So everything I've talked about so far, I mean, this is all considering what we know to be truth, but we could be in, you know, very likely are on the verge of a significant shift in, in life expectancy moving forward. So if we take a minute and actually look backwards, 
you know, life expectancy in the year 1800 was actually just below age 40. A uh, hundred years later, in 1900, it had increased to age 50. Another hundred years later, the year 2000, it went from age 50 in 1900 to age 79 in the year 2000. And from 2000 to 2020, it's increased another four years from 79 to, to age 83. And so those are life expectancies from birth. The increase in life expectancy has significantly shifted over the past 100 years. And of course, that's due to you know science, modern medicine, technology. And the funny thing about technology, though, is you know just like investment returns, technology doesn't increase in a straight line. It's not linear. It compounds each year. And so each year, it progresses further than it did the year before. So to give you an example, in 2019, the version of the iPhone actually had over 100,000 times the computing power of the computer that landed a man on the moon in 1969 in the Apollo 11 mission. So if we use an example of money, so compounding using money, uh, and I ask you the question, would you rather have a million dollars today or would you have a, rather have a penny that doubles every day for 30 days? Now, most of you probably figure out that's a trick question, but intuitively we'd think we'd take a million dollars over uh, one cent that doubles every day for 30 days. But the doubling penny actually passes $1 million after day 27. And at the end of 30 days is worth $5,368,709.12. So if we relate this back to technology, Moore's law states that processing power doubles every two years. And this has largely held true since 1965. And when we think about that, keeping in mind that today's computing power doubling over the next two years is not the same as when the prediction was made, the computing power of 1965, for example. So just like the penny doubling on day one goes from one cent to two cents, the you know, the doubling on day 29 of the, the penny is much different and doing quick math, you know, it's around $2.7 million roughly is the, the increase over that, that next doubling period. So the prediction of many experts who are a lot smarter than I am is that one day artificial intelligence will surpass human intelligence. So this is called the singularity. And the prediction for the singularity is that in 2045, at which point, some people will put no limits on human longevity is when we'll see artificial intelligence equal human intelligence. So that's 2045. But before we see the singularity, some singularitarians predict cures for the majority of cancers, Parkinson's disease by 2029, along with commercial cloning of human organs from patients' own cells. By the 2030s, even greater advances are proposed. So for example, the eradication of malaria and HIV, as well as even brain-to-brain -brain data transfer. So if you want to learn more about a singularity, I've included a link to a Time Magazine article titled 2045, The Year Man Becomes Immortal. So you can check that out if you want to dig a little deeper on this. But I'm not here to make predictions about what's going to be possible when it comes to longevity. You know, I'm not an expert in the singularity, but I am trying to make the point that technology will continue to increase longevity. So the numbers I've given you from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries are going to be largely irrelevant 20 years from now when you're approaching 70 or 80 or 90 years old. And so what I'm really trying to say is 
plan accordingly. Don't plan for a fixed date, you know, 20 or 30 years into the future. Make sure you're not selling yourself short. Make sure you have a strategy that includes course corrections to continue to provide an income source well into retirement, you know, something that is going to keep you on track through not just a 30, but a 40 or even 50 year retirement. So the action item for the day is, you know, review your plan. If you have one, take a look and see if there's an actual end date on there. Ask yourself, does it make sense to you or should there even be an end date on that? So if you're not sure how longevity risk is accounted for in your plan, you know, book some time with your advisor, have the conversation. If you have questions for me, you can always book a call through our website, www.matthewsandassociates.ca. You can book an intro call there. Happy to answer questions about longevity risk. And so that's it for today. I want to thank you for joining me for this episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope I see you again in two weeks from now. If you did enjoy the show, feel free to give it a five-star rating on iTunes, or if you know someone planning their retirement, please share the episode so they can help plan for, help them plan for longevity risk. At the end of the day, the more people you can help us reach, the more people we're going to be able to help. So be well, and until next time, take care. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc., ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.